Hear ye, hear ye, and welcome to the Royal Geek Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things geek culture. We cover movies, TV shows, and everything else in between. I am your host, Tyler Rolison, also known as T-Roll, and I am once again joined by my good friends, Justin Sandoval, a.k.a. Sandy, and of course, Anthony Amato. We like to call him Shimato. Gentlemen, how we doing? Great, man. Uh, it's been an exciting week this week. Uh, just a lot going on at work. Uh, a couple achievements. Uh, achievements? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like some gold stars? Oh. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I hit some uh, pretty high points at work, Whoa. So, uh, so I got some praise. Uh, nice. Uh, but anyway... Uh, won't need to go into specifics there, but just know it's, it's been a good so week. So you're for me. you're happy. Yeah, it's been a good week. Real Sandy's good week. happy, so, everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. absolutely. How about you guys, Shimato? Yeah, doing well, doing well. Um, it was also a pretty good week at work. Uh, this week I took my final exam for my uh for, for my training degree? period. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hope hopefully I did well. I do not know yet, but it was. I do feel relieved because all week it was leading up to it. I was. You know, ang- getting more and more anxiety as I was sure, yeah. leading up to it as you were, had to do this. Because, you know, I mean, it's one thing to fail a test in college, but, you know, fail the test that might, you know, kick keep, you out of your, your job. job. Yeah. yeah, that's a little <laughs> yeah. a little bit extra pressure on Different you. Different stakes there. Yes, for sure. Uh, but, you know, it was a good week. And, you know, you know, I, I felt like I learned a lot this week. So it was it was good. And, you know, rolling into a weekend. Which, you know, still is a foreign phrase. Yeah, yeah, rub it in, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Continue. <laughs> Good deal, man. What about you, T-Roll? Yeah, so for me, uh, the biggest thing is uh, I actually, me and my wife are under contract for a new home. So we've been home shopping for a while. Awesome. So it's, we're not set in stone technically because we still got to have the inspection and everything else that goes with it. But we're, we're one step closer. Uh, so much so that we decided to go today. We decided to go to Ikea, the first time I've oh. ever been there. Whoa, dude. So First time ever? First time ever, man. It was quite an experience. I mean, yeah. even, even when we pulled up, I had no idea what to expect. And, the, you know, the fact that you park underneath in the parking deck. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I, right when I did that, I was like, okay, this place is massive. So, yeah. like, like truth, <laughs> truthfully, how long were you there for? Uh... I think three hours. Three hours, yeah, Dang probably. Yeah. So, uh, when how did it feel when you were going through it and you were like down with one level, and then you're done with two levels, and you're like, you know, that was a pretty big place, and then you figure out there's another level. <laughs> well, like th- there was only two levels at the one I was at. Is it? I thought it was three. Well, the parking deck is one. Well, I thought they have like an up, there was a middle, sho- and then there's one below. No, there was a showroom and then a marketplace, I believe. Mm. Okay. So, oh, but because of COVID, you didn't get to experience the cafeteria. No cafeteria. Oh, no that might be it. That might dude. be it. Is at the top level is another one. Yeah, dang, you, dude. you missed out on that, dude. There's That's, cinnamon rolls there. Oh, dude, man. I've heard dude. about the cinnamon rolls. I so want them. good, man. You should have like they had them out on display in the checkouts. You should have yeah. snagged a well, I snagged did, a six pack. I, I did see them, but my wife didn't want them. Surprisingly, I was I was shocked by that. Yeah, um, I Maybe was she there, was mad at me. <laughs> I was there recently and. Uh, we got some, took one home, popped into the microwave for like 30 seconds. It was some good stuff. Beautiful, huh? Gosh. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, hopefully, I don't know. We we bought some things there, but, you know, you don't want to buy too many purchases until you're for sure in the home. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. We went couch shopping today, too. We didn't buy anything. We just sat. We did some sitting. Uh, and, you know, you find a really good Wait, couch. you're you allowed like. to do that? You are just wear your mask. <laughs> you, you find You find a couch you like, and then you see the price tag, and you're like... 
<sighs> yeah, I didn't want to go to rooms yeah. to go, but it looks like I'm going to rooms to go. Yeah, I was like, couches are like sneakily expensive. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. yeah, they're real. They're real expensive. You're like this thing is just holding my rear end. Like, why is <laughs> yeah. it so much? But so we got we got a lot of money to spend <laughs> in the next few months. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, jump in. You guys have any news? Any news to talk about tonight? Uh, yeah, I have a a little bit of news. Um, it's all about the reprising of a role for me. Um. You know, Wes Craven is one of uh, one of the best um, horror directors of all time, and one of his better characters is going to be coming back to one of his franchises, and Courtney Cox is coming back to the Scream franchise, which I think is a, a really poignant and good character to bring back, especially at this odd time with the relationship between the population and media and her role as a reporter in the scream and the way she was a part of the sensationalizing excuse me get it out the, hey um, take take your time over sensationalizing there sensationalizing of just a podcast uh, media <laughs> and, and things like that in the scream universe and that's what she was really all about was like this over the top reporter character um and just about always trying to get like that story and being able to do anything in that story um, so it's a very interesting, you know, setup to where it's a leading to that and her, her reprising that role. Yeah, well, the one thing I thought Scream did a really good job with with the the genre, like the slasher film yeah. genre, is like the the satire it brought to it, and yes. uh, Wes, how Wes Craven really just got to like kind of point out the the things that uh, that old like the eighty slashers like that yes. they did that didn't make any sense, but like, took seriously, and they kind of played on that. And yep. I do believe like the news reporting aspect of it was yep. like so cheesy in the like the eighties uh, movies, and they were able to use Courtney Cox's character to yeah, to just, really just oh, blow it up and over the top. So it was it was pretty cool. So yeah, uh, sadly, uh, uh, Wes Craven won't be directing this one because no. rest in peace. But um, unfortunately, yeah, but that would have been cool. But if you he, still have yeah. one of the best cameos in uh, the first Scream movie. Where he dresses up as Freddy Krueger, that's and yeah, is that a janitor in it. Fantastic man, I yep. love that too. So uh, yeah, so great news topic there, man. Um, something a little bit more uh, family friendly, I will say, because uh, I don't know, <laughs> you can consider Scream family friendly. But uh, uh, Disney Plus, they they finally did it. They uh, they broke, and uh, Mulan is now coming to Disney Plus instead of waiting for theater theater release. So. September 4th, uh, you will be able to purchase Mulan for $30 on Disney Plus and be able to watch it, finally. Wow. Yep. And, uh, That's crazy, man. Yeah. The cool thing about this is it's not like a, like currently right now with a video on demand, you can buy it for like $20, or no, you rent it for $20 for about 24 or 48 hours. And then that's it. You can't watch it again. Yeah. But uh, since you're a Disney Plus member, you uh, pay the $30 and you get to actually just keep Mulan on Disney Plus, but you have to pay $30 to really activate it. So, I mean, yes, I mean, maybe, maybe you should feel a little bit slighted that you're already paying for the service and now you got to pay for the add-on. But then again, the times we live in, this is kind of necessary. The best here. you can get. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah I, would, I mean, there's really no other way to expect them to do it, you know? Yeah. Especially with a movie as big as Mulan was expected to yeah, be. Yeah, right. This movie's expected to be like, what, a billion dollar movie or, or yep. close to it, like 700 million or something like that. Yeah, but, like uh, just, you know, a cash cow, like the, you know, just printing money basically with dude, it. Dude, easy billion. I mean, I would in, think so. In normal circumstances, easy. Yeah. It's got to be. So uh, Disney Plus just went over 60 million subscribers. Yeah, uh, worldwide, amazing, and yeah. I mean, if you do the math there, sixty million times thirty. If they get every single person to do it, 
obviously there's going to be like viewing parties and people are going to yeah. uh, stack up to watch the movie. But uh, but hey, yeah, they can definitely recoup some of that money. Um, yeah. I don't know if they're going to make necessarily all of it back, no, but no, uh, no. I definitely believe it's going to be a plus for the Disney Plus. Yeah, I can so. see Ooh, even them getting okay. uh, like you did there. I could even see them get a nice little bump where they get some people who literally just subscribe to be able to watch the movie. Well, it would be a small percentage, but then you get also those people to continue to pay the monthly rate as well on top of paying the $30. Yeah, so I mean uh, it's pretty exciting, and I do uh, smell a, a movie review in our future here. So oh, for for you mean for the, for pod. the pod? Yeah, yeah oh. exactly. Yeah. Oh. You know, I'll have to check my schedule. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that I mean, might be yeah. tough to pull off. No, we're definitely going to review that thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's cool. Um, we'll just have to figure out which one of us is going to buy it. Because <laughs> <laughs> yep. we're definitely. I, I can't imagine all of us buying it. I mean, I'm definitely itching a little bit because. Uh, if you guys don't know, uh, Mulan is my favorite classical action or classically animated Disney movie. Oh, really? Yes. I don't think I knew that. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's a good movie, man. It's a great movie. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Again, really sad that we can't watch these films in theaters, but you know, take what you can get in the times that we live in today, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, good deal. Um, well, listen, speaking of Disney franchises, you like what I did right there? Mm. You like that segue? Oh. Uh, bring it, bring we it home. Bring it home. We have a, uh, how do I describe this? Maybe a treat for you. Um, something we're going to do tonight in our show that this is a good example of why we created this podcast, actually, what we're about to do. Because we're about to nerd out over something that's a little uh, sp- pretty different, spon- like spontaneous, a little specific even. Uh, we are going to be talking. So here's the thing: anytime you go on YouTube or you just search uh, a different podcast, you know you find people that do their top five lists for their favorite Marvel movies, their favorite MCU films. Right? You mm-hmm. see it all the time. You see it everywhere. And usually, it's it's a good conversation because some people view this movie pretty good, some people view that movie pretty good. And you have a, a nice difference, you know, di- some differences on their each 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 person's list. Well, um, we have a we have a very unique outlook here on the Royal Geek Podcast. We are going to do our top three MCU films tonight. You guys ready to do it? Yeah, let's do yep. it. And here's what's so unique about it. Okay, so we're calling this our top three MCU films and why? Because strangely enough, even though there are 22 or 23 uh, different movies in the MCU, all three of us actually have the exact same top three yep. Marvel movies. Yeah, so we're talking about the definitive top three right here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for, yeah for us. For, for us. For, for us. us. And uh, we're pretty much just going to talk about why everybody else is wrong with their top lists. Yeah, and why we are superior Marvel yeah, fans. Exactly. Uh-huh. So <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, we're we're all huge MCU fans and uh I mean the idea for starting this podcast was was to just be a specific Marvel podcast, but Exactly. But yeah, and uh you really will see uh, some good conversation here tonight and uh if you don't agree with these top three, then I think you need to go kick rocks because uh, I don't know what you're watching. So I, I think you're right about how this is going to be a cool conversation because this is a great example, like you said, of why we started this podcast. When we used to sit in Taco Bell and just talk about Marvel movies, you know, right? Like this is the type of conversation we would have. So we're gonna we're gonna take it from the the Taco Bell dine in table because you know you can't sit there anymore because of coronavirus. We're gonna bring mm-hmm. it to the podcast tonight. 
And uh, we're hoping that it's a little divisive. We're hoping that people don't like our list and want to tell us what they think. Um, yeah. Anthony, you got any thoughts before we jump in and reveal our top three? Um, yeah. Um, you know, I just wanted to kind of state how, you know, all the movies are, you know, very similar, you know, and th- that we chose to pick it out, you know. I feel like they have they have very unique qualities to themselves that are also unique to the other movies that are in this franchise. So, you know, I think one of the most interesting things about it is all three of them are not the first movie in their franchise. You know, you know, um, they're all, they're not the base story. They are the next step. They are that next evolution in the storytelling. And, you know, they bring out resolution to other things that are happening and they're also um, they're also great because they are unique sidesteps in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, I think before you know you're you're kind of diving in, so we should probably slow down real quick. We're gonna take it back. Let's do this. Let's let's go ahead and say what our top three films are, and then we can kind of dive into what makes them so special. Yeah, okay? I'm gonna say like not not in any specific order. We're just saying that these are the top three films in general. I mean, I have an, I have an order that I lean towards, but yeah. in general, these are the top three movies. So for whatever reason, like we said, all three of us view these three films as our top. Like, and, and again, my order changes. So depending on the month, depending on how I'm feeling, the yeah, order depending I would, how soon you watch the, mo- the yeah, one movie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, which, yeah, which is the last one I watched. But anyways, let's go ahead and just say the movies since we've been talking about this for a few minutes. Nobody knows. Actually, you guys want to stall any longer? <laughs> for our listeners before we finally tell them. All right, here we go. Our top three MCU movies and why we love them, okay? Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Mm, so good. Mm-hmm. My personal favorite right there. Uh, sometimes. Again, I don't know. Sometimes it changes. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. And, you know, there are some people who don't think that movie's that good. I don't. I, yeah, when they hear that, I don't know. I know. I, I can't wait. And then you can't do a list, I think, in talking about top Marvel movies without talking about Avengers Endgame. Yeah. Okay. There's a ton yep. of people who prefer Infinity War over Endgame. There are. I, I don't know, man. I just, They're just, they just love misery. That's what that <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, know. There's they like love a, pain. A hopeless, a hopeless mm-hmm. movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they Which love pain. Because that's usually me. I love it. I love a dark ending. <laughs> Jeez. So, but, yeah, it's. So, yeah. so again, you know, you could go find a lot of different podcasts and videos out there where they talk about their favorite MCU films. And, Justin, you brought this up a couple weeks ago where you were like, for whatever reason, we all have the same top three. So let's talk about that on a pod. So here's yeah. what we're going to do. We're going to start with The Winter Soldier, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, because chronologically it's the first one that came out. Um, and I believe it came out in 2014. Yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. Okay. Um so a little bit of the context, obviously, we're not going to do a full review. We're basically just going to talk about what we love about the film. Uh, but it came out after Thor, The Dark World, and before Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And it obviously happens after the events of the first Avengers. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously stars Chris Evans as Captain America. And, um, you know, I'm not going to go into all this boring stuff. Justin, how about you talk about... Let's nerd out for a little bit, huh? Yeah, let's, yeah, geek let's out. do it. So, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, man. Just the the genre of film it is. The espionage crime, uh, thriller. Espionage thriller, really. Um, a lot of suspense. Um, I believe it does a good job of adding on to the Captain America character that was yeah. introduced in the first movie. Obviously, the first movie spent a lot of time in, like, the 19... 19- 40s, obviously, with the, the giant flashback scene, which was the entirety of the movie. Yeah. 
But then I believe Winter Soldier does a great job of capitalizing on his his development, and it kind of hits you right off the bat when they, he's he's running laps around uh, DC, and at the end of it, he's, uh, he's talking to Sam. And uh, Sam's like, hey, man, uh, check out uh, Marvin Gaye, uh, the Apostle, <laughs> yeah. Apostle yeah. Man album, right? And then he opens his little binder, his little notebook, list. And yes. you see the list. And uh, I, d- I went ahead and like wrote down it. On oh, the list, he's, got, he's got the actual I list. I got the list Anthony. here. Yeah, All right, yeah. right, let's hear it. So on, the, on his list from top to bottom, it's I Love Lucy, Moon Landing, the Berlin yeah. Wall, and in parentheses he has the Berlin Wall going up and the Berlin Wall coming down. <laughs> uh, Steve Jobs, and then in parentheses he has Apple next to it. Disco, he's supposed to look up Disco. Thai food. He needs to check out Thai food. Thai right. food. And then he has Star Wars slash Trek with a question mark next to it. <laughs> uh, Nirvana, parentheses, band. And then he has Rocky, parentheses, Rocky 2, question mark. The- and then he, as he's writing Trouble Man from Marvin Gaye on his list. So I'll put it on the list. This, this, <laughs> is, this is what people have been telling him to do to get, yeah. re- to get reacclimated to this timeline. And so that is, I don't know, I feel like right off the jump here, we're already looking with the, the internal struggle of Captain America of trying to find himself yeah, in this trying movie. To ca- trying to catch up and catch up and catch up. It actually kind of reminds me, his booklet almost reminds me of the scene from Austin Powers where he has to catch up on all the things that have happened since he's come come back from the 60s. And he's just like all of a sudden like a... Like in a single sit down, he has to absorb all this information, and he has to refine himself. Um, and you know, on top of that, it's a very it, it parallels his development as a person in the real world as well, because he had been this weak person through his entire life, and he never had a chance to really figure out who he was, even as like outside of war, yeah, like yeah, outside of a war. Is as his once he got his super strength, and you know, like it, that's a. I mean, you know, we think, oh, everything's gonna be better, but it's just it's different, you know. So he never really got the chance to even figure out that part of his life, and then you're all of a sudden you're thrown into, you know, six decades later. So he's figuring out, you know, how he feels in his new body, and he's feeling about how he feels in this new century. So it's a very like it, it, I, it could be a very um discombobulating situation yeah and i think you know talking about the major plot points i think i love the genre i love that it was like it felt like a, a spy thriller yeah you know yeah it's you can take of, you can take the marvel aspect out of it and it's still like a great yeah spy I mean, captain yes. america yeah. it's like an american 007 kind of yeah, you know? yeah. Uh-huh. oh yeah and uh man let's just let's just talk about it for a second when they did the hydra reveal i mean it blew me away Yes. You know, yeah, phenomenal. Like, it blew me away. And then it, it just, I love, like, you know, conspiracies and all these kind of things. And the fact that Hydra was alive and well within S.H.I.E.L.D. Operating this whole entire time. In the time. background. Yeah. yeah. And you even see more of that later on. So, like, in Civil War, which is another Captain America film, you know, you see more of the history of the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, and, and just the depth that um, the depth that Hydra was in inside S.H.I.E.L.D., Living like a parasite, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just loved it. Yeah. And I felt like it created a great b- base to, you know, another show that we talk about a lot is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it's it's a great base to, in the cinematic world, to really give them a boost um, for that world. And just, you know, it's your first time in the MCU where you really get a great look at what S.H.I.E.L.D. really is. 
because we've seen like individual agents before this, but this really set it up as an organization. Yeah. You know, whereas before it was like, oh, yeah, Coulson showed up in Thor. Coulson, you know. Yeah, one individual, yeah. Nick Fury showed up for 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there. This was really about S.H.I.E.L.D. as an organization and saying, hey, they have their hands in everything. Yeah. All over the place, man. And so I I love the Hydra reveal. I love uh, the Falcon. Yes. And Uh, and one of these things, one of the notes I have on here in my notes I was taking is that, uh, Falcon is like his his highlights in in Winter Soldier are like so amazing, like him flying around and his yeah. action scenes. And then after this movie, he's so underutilized. His yeah. his scenes, his fight scenes, and yeah, just he has like m- brief moments in the rest of the, the his time in the MCU. But th- he is so well utilized yeah, in got, Winter Soldier. When he got beat by Ant Man, remember that? Oh yeah, oh man. Uh, <laughs> but his his just. I don't know. I feel like he was his action scenes in the Winter Soldier were just so like grand and yeah. like they were awesome to watch, yeah. especially when he was fighting the Winter Soldier uh, on top of like the helicarrier. Like it was, uh, it was amazing. So yeah, yeah I did. he definitely got buried as a character a little bit and or and buried in his mm-hmm. action scenes. And you know what happened a lot. You know with like I was saying with the with the Shield agents and things like that. But this really highlighted you know the everyday heroes and things like that. You know. And kind of brought a more humanizing element. Yeah. Um, like that was the entire like feel of the movie was you know with being with it being a spy thriller instead of a true comic book movie. You weren't talking about you know oh a billionaire in a million dollar suit. You weren't talking yeah. about an, an overpowered Hulk. You know pounding into stuff or a god. Yeah. You know you were talking about you know the people who were on the ground. You're talking about everyday people. Who were really putting themselves on the line every day to do good things? Yeah, in the they're world. choosing to fight for a cause rather yes. than like, oh, hey, I have these abilities; it's my obligation type of yes. deal. So, uh, but yeah, uh, and I love how uh, when we're first introduced to Falcon, like he's he's talking about how okay, I'm out now. I'm, I'm like he's working at the VA, um, <laughs> yeah. and him and Captain America have a great conversation of like he's out, and Captain America's like, well, I don't know what I would do if I was out type of deal. So like. His comfort level, Captain America's comfort level, is always a part of the organization or military or the government. Yeah. And this movie kind of flips Captain America's life upside down. He's like, okay, the organization, the government that I've put my entire life into, literally, yeah. uh, has betrayed me. And so yeah. it's it's all, it's all it's now s- uh, filtering through Captain America's mind now and, like, what... It, what he truly is, like his personal yeah. life, is what is it going to look like now? Yes. Yeah, so, fan- fantastic way that this was executed too by the Russo brothers. Oh, the Russo brothers, phenomenal! I love. So, them. two of our three films were directed by the Russo brothers. Yes. Yep. Yes. Mm. I sense a trend. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And just the action, man. And all three like, of them dude, were thinking yeah, about yeah. the the action. Dude, the DC car chase with uh, Nick Fury. Oh man, that wild. was so good. Yeah, absolutely wild. And then you see the Winter Soldier just standing there. Yes. And then he shoots a little bomb that like goes attaches to the bottom of the SUV. Well, let's talk about the Winter Soldier himself, actually. Yes. So, okay. Such a like. I mean, I think we knew that it was Bucky, you know, going into it. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's you know the characters like Cap himself doesn't know. Right. No. You yeah. know, um, and just his 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 presence. presence. Yeah. There you go. Man, his presence yeah. doesn't have to say a word. Nope. You know, just. Yeah. Scary looking dude. He's got a metal freaking arm. And again, I always talk about when the first time Cap was chasing him down, when Fury was shot by him in in Cap's apartment, he that throws so intense. Yeah. He, yeah, so intense. He throws the shield, and 
freaking Winter Soldier turns around and just catches it. Yeah. Yeah. And throws it back to him. And, I mean, it's just nuts, man. When he throws it back to him, Cap catches it, and he gets knocked back, like, six yeah, feet. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So just, I mean, Winter Soldier himself was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. And you really f- you really felt um, his presence throughout the whole film and just his uh, dominant, his his strength. I mean, gosh, yeah. it was good. He He really had, like, a Terminator vibe to him, like this, like... Never stopping, almost yeah. unfeeling unfeel- f- killing machine, you know? And it was very, like, it, it, I don't know, just over the top. Like, you were just, like, the, he's unrelenting, you yeah. know? And just, you know, he's going to come for you, and he's going to complete his mission. And here, here's something I really, you know, we could, we probably should move on soon to talk about the other two films because we still have two movies to talk about. But with with uh, The Winter Soldier, <sighs> the the context that this movie came out in when, you know, compared to the rest of the MCU, was really significant. Okay, and maybe that's why this movie, in my mind, is so good. But let's just talk about where the MCU was at. Okay, so in 2012, you have the Avengers, which was like the culmination of all these individual movies that happened, starting with Iron Man, finishing with the, the first Captain America. The Avengers was such a big hit. We saw it. You know. <laughs> five times in theaters. <laughs> right. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Um, and then a year later, Iron Man 3 comes out. That's the next movie. Okay? Uh, movie we, that shall not be named. We we no. should probably do a whole nother podcast eh. just talking about Iron Man 3. Uh, I know myself and Sandy here are not big fans at all. I'm not necessarily sure where Shimano stands on the no. Christmas film in July. Um, <laughs> but Iron Man 3 comes out. It's a dud in my mind. And then the next movie yeah. is Thor The Dark World, which is hands down, like I would say Iron Man 3 is the worst movie, but uh, um, almost everybody says the second Thor was by far the worst MCU See, movie. The way I view it is that Iron Man 3 is at the bottom of the the crap pile and Thor Dark World's on the top of the crap pile. That's how I view it usually. There you yeah. go. There but, you go. Yeah. You, you know how we have our top 3 unanimous movies? It's it's like it's like a, you know, a sandwich. It's a crap sandwich. You got R3 up here and then you got t- t- you have Iron Man 3 and Thor Thor 2 on the very bottom just to, you know, we should, do, we should do a pod thing. talking about it, the, the the worst MCU films as well. Yeah, I see that so, coming. So here's future. the thing. Here's the thing. You have a, a bad movie in Iron Man 3, a bad movie in Thor 2. And I remember, remember what happened at the end of Iron Man 3? Tony's getting his little chest plate removed. Right, correct. Why? Yeah. Well, the reason why is because a lot of these big stars at the time were not signed on to new deals. Like nope. they really weren't sure where they were going to be going with the direction of the overall MCU. So then the Winter Soldier comes out when these last two movies were bad. And the first win- the first Captain America, you loved it. But there's a lot of people, a lot of people who felt it was just too cheesy. And he was cheesy himself. Like, yeah. Even the, the soldiers in the f- that were in the first Captain America thought he was just a cheesy guy, you know? Yeah. So you're, the context of when Winter Soldier came out, it I really believe it saved the MCU. You know? It was... It was totally not what we were expecting. A great movie, saves the MCU, and then a few months later, Guardians of the Galaxy comes out. And now you're like, okay, man, we are. Yep. Yeah. We're, ta- we're back. We're, yeah, you know we're cooking now. Yeah. So I think the context that it comes out in really was so important for the overall MCU. I mean, if this would have been a dud and they had three straight duds. I, yeah, I don't know how the recovery would have went there. Yeah, well, but, uh, we, no one knows. Thanks, yeah. Especially thank God leading into the next movie being something that was a 
fringe, a real fringe franchise. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy. Who knew? Really knew what Guardians of the Galaxy was before? Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, it was a very limited, um, known. Um, and you know, this movie, Captain America: Winter Soldier, did what DC has been kind of chasing for a long time with Superman. You know. You know, you're talking about the cheesiness of the first Avenger and things like that. I, I think that's a lot of what people feel about Superman. In sure, a lot of yeah. his movies is that because of his almost overpowered nature, a lot of the stuff comes off as cheesy. And I think this movie did it, it, Captain America is kind of like that foil in a lot of ways to where, you know, he's this goody two shoes type of character and that, you know, he can sometimes seem a little bit overpowered. But <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, especially like his just mainly his character type things are very similar to Superman. But this movie really just like you know what they they went serious, they went spy thriller. It was yeah. just like, yeah. My my last thought so on Winter real. Soldier. My last, my last thought on this is I feel like Captain America: The Winter Soldier. What it did for the Marvel comic book universe, okay? It's like the cinematic comic book universe is that it took uh, these other movies that have been comic book stories and comic book movies, and it changed it and told a good story in general a good yeah. movie like i said we said earlier we can take out the captain america and it's still a good espionage movie yeah and it really showed that marvel is taking their storytelling seriously and they want to go ahead and make sure that they can get it even out, uh, out there to an even broader audience yeah and show people that hey oh this is not just your other uh, next comic book movie this is the seriousness of the storytelling that we are going to go forward with and yes even though we're dropping guardians of the galaxy these like these this movie of like these crazy uh, people wind up together. Even the storytelling in Guardians is good. Like I mean, like yeah. it's it's establishing For a sure. moment yeah. in the MCU that we are taking our storytelling to the next level and uh, of this uh, overarching story. Yes, so, we're not uh, going to have bad movies anymore, which they really haven't. Like they really haven't had a bad movie since Thor: The Dark World. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. Yeah, that. I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, fight me if you want. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we should probably move on. Wait, I could talk about Winter Soldier. All day long. I told you guys this off the pod one time, but I've watched it so many times that the actual Blu-ray that I own, it's it doesn't work anymore. Like, it's <laughs> scratch. It's like it, yeah. it lags and, like, jumps around at certain parts because it's got so much wear and tear, so much use. Yeah. So it's Such an old-school way of thinking about media like that because for the yeah. most part, we don't get into that nowadays. Yeah, like, you know, like almost we, everything's we, well, digital. With, like, VHS especially, like... Oh, my gosh. You know, when you would watch a movie on VHS a lot, you could tell, you know? Hey, man, some people don't even know what VHS is, you know? Anyways, let's keep moving before we get on a, uh, in a rabbit trail there. Um, okay, next movie on our list. Man, I freaking love this one. Let's talk about some Thor Ragnarok, okay? Yeah. What about <laughs> the expectations going into this movie? Let's. I feel like we need to, to take a minute on that. Real quick. Okay. Okay. Uh, so like, you okay. Go first. So yeah. So Thor two is the last. Uh, well, I guess Age of Ultron was the last iteration of Thor that we got, leading up to the Ragnarok, right? Sure. Which Age of Ultron and uh, I mean, de- and even de- in that, he wasn't a big part of it. I no, mean, he he really wasn't. He had a few scenes that were he got to like do his thing. I mean, right? he literally yeah. disappeared for a whole act. Remember, he's like, "I'm gonna go take care of something." Yeah, he just takes off. Yep. And so we, I don't know. I feel like he we haven't had a, a strong representation of Thor uh, these last the last, his last two appearances out. 
Yeah. And so coming in here, we're like, okay, so I feel like this is a make or break Thor movie here. Like, if this does not succeed, then... He may not get another standalone. Yeah, he may not get another standalone, or uh, he may have the Superman complex, like you were talking about with the DC earlier, where he's just so, like, OP and, like, unrelatable that we're not really going to get... a, a good character out of this, yeah. yeah. And then, and then Ragnarok was released, yeah. Um, and I think most people thought, even though I really enjoyed Thor one, I think most people thought of him as probably the weakest of the core Avengers, uh, like to this point in the sense of like the movie universe and things that have been created around him. Hmm. Up and up until this movie, because I feel like you know people had loved the way that Iron Man had been built, they loved the way that Captain America had been built, but you know Thor was kind of like. You know, even Thor two, like we said, was one of the worst, one of the worst or the worst movie in the MCU. And although you know Thor kind of fits more into the middle, I feel like there's a lot of people who are like kind of on the lower end of the middle with the original Thor movie. Sure. So it was very important that you know he you know jump forward and really take front stage and you know build character. In yeah. this movie, I think I'm trying to I'm trying to take myself back to I believe November of 2017 when this came out. Yes, um, I'm trying to take myself back, and I'm thinking, what was I expecting? I, I wasn't sure what I was expecting. The trailer made it look a little goofy. Yeah, you know, because yeah. in one sense, I think Ragnarok is a word for I believe like hell. Like doom, doom, Dooms, doomsday, doomsday, maybe. Yeah. yeah, it's like a the end. Yeah, it's the like end. it's basically like a an apocalyptic event. Yeah, is basically yeah. what it's supposed to be. But then, and, and like so, when the when the movie title was released two years or whatever before I ever saw a trailer, I'm expecting that. And then the first trailer, it's so you know, it's got like a lot of lights and it looks energetic and it looks yeah kind of like a like a party yeah, yeah. jeff yeah. goldblum like what yeah the yeah what is going on here yeah it kind of like to me it sort of looked like they were just trying to steal a little bit from the fame of guardians of the galaxy sure yeah i think uh, i thought that like too. like it, it looked like oh well they're just trying to you know pigeonhole this into that you know because of how colorful it is and guardians of the galaxy was very so colorful successful. um and then on top of that the comedy in guardians of the galaxy so you were like okay so they're just trying to push this character into that idea so I wasn't sure what to expect, but then I go to theater, the theater and I watch it. I remember I was in Pensacola, and I watched it with my wife. She was not my wife at the time, but we watched it, and I just remember being blown away by the fun of this movie. Okay, yeah. So the first thing I want to say, the reason that this is in my top three, because some, some listeners are going to be like, all right, I get Endgame. I even get The Winter Soldier. Most people agree that's one of the best ones. Ragnarok, some people have that as like number 10, number 9 on their list, you know? For me, the reason it's so high, I think it is easily the most rewatchable movie. Yes. Yes. Like, I just, if I'm cleaning around the house and I just want something on, like, I'll put on Ragnarok. If I'm doing a little work on my laptop and, you know, I just want to have, I literally did this like the other day, like three days ago. I, I mentioned to my wife that I, you know, put Ragnarok on when I was alone in the house and she gave me this look like, are you serious? You put that on again? Yeah. <laughs> like it's just such a fun movie that I, I yeah. can have I can have on wherever. So and I just like, love it. And I feel like a good uh, reason that is is because of the the secondary characters that are introduced and, yeah. and just what they do what they bring to the table. And uh, I'm referring to like Korg, Meek, and even uh, Valkyrie. Like she brings yeah. a lot to the table too. Yep. And the Grandmaster. Yes, yes. the Grandmaster. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, and I do. I do believe this is probably one of the best uh, Stan Lee cameos in the in the oh, entire MCU. Yeah, as well. this is a good so, Stan Lee cameo. Yeah, yeah. where he's uh, the barber that cuts. He says my uh, hands weren't as steady as they used to be. <laughs> yeah. So here's a really cool, really fun note too. So that next line after that, uh, Thor says, "By Odin's beard, you shall not cut my hair, lest you feel the wrath of the mighty Thor." And what's so funny is on Reddit. Uh, Taika Waititi, so shout out to the director of Ragnarok. Yeah. He he was doing an Ask Me Anything on Reddit, and a fan said something like, hey, can you ensure that when you do the next Thor, when you do Ragnarok, that you have a line that, and he put in quotes, by Odin's beard, like because that's something from the comic books. And he freaking did it. <laughs> <laughs> like with Stan Lee's cameo, of all things, too. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know? How, how great is that? Yeah. yeah, so that's awesome. Just throw that out there. Go ahead, Anthony. Yeah, yeah I also think it was a really important um, thing for them to do in the universe of taking two characters who kind of took themselves very seriously and, yeah. you know, you know, taking them down to not taking themselves so seriously <laughs> in both Thor and, and the Hulk. Oh, the Hulk. Oh, yeah, the Hulk. I'd say Loki yeah. too, but yeah, definitely the Hulk. The Hulk, I mean, Loki kind of like, I mean, he took himself a little bit seriously, but those, those two especially oh my were gosh, just, yeah. you know, and they were just, it was, they brought them into such a, like a fun relationship. Watching them like argue. Yes. Yeah. It was, it, it reminded me of like a workplace rivalry in a lot of ways. And, yeah. you know, um, almost, well, almost he like a, a sibling rivalry. He has a friend rivalry. from work. He has yes. a friend from work. He so. literally is. <laughs> He's a friend from work. They felt like yeah. frat brothers. You know? yes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we we should have checked their ankles for the tattoo. Oh but, uh, god. <laughs> but uh, okay, no, that's so, so that's so true, Anthony. No. Uh, okay, so I feel like the, the opening scene, all right, when he's uh, hanging in the cage, oh my and he's gosh. spinning around, and uh, he's like, well, "Hold on, wait, 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 I got to come back around so I can like like talk to you." Okay, like I feel like that helps like set the tone for what yeah, kind of movie he's going to be. It's just and so different to build on that. As soon as he breaks free, they play like Led Zeppelin's Valhalla, and it's yeah. like. It, the, that song and the scene that played and everything that's going on around it, dude, it just sets the tone so much for like what is about to occur. Because I mean, that's a fun song to listen to, yeah. Uh, and just the action that came, and he's just destroying all of these people, all these minions and demons <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And then he takes the head and then uh, heads back like, oh hey, no, Bifrost, open up. Talking about go. the tiara. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that tiara off your head. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, a really good job of starting the movie with a bang and setting the tone of the yeah. balance between sense of humor and action and pairing it together yeah. and how yeah. they can make that work. So, and then the um, the the juxtaposition of the comedy and I think it was really important because if you really look at what's happening in the movie, there's a lot of heavy things happening to Thor. A lot of heavy and things. And very soon, too, like Hela, when she catches the freaking hammer yeah, and then like, destroys yeah. it. Like his fa- his father dying. Yes. He, him finding out that he has a sibling his, who's going to try to destroy, uh, to destroy his home. She comes there. She destroys his weapon. He gets lost on this planet. <laughs> you know, like it, it's, yeah. when you really think about it. If this was in a, if they didn't bring the comedy in, it would be really hard to watch this. Oh, for um, sure, very grim in, in, yeah. in a lot for of sure. ways. It yeah. would get very. It would be Thor: The Dark World. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, like I feel like they use the comedy. So even though this is happening and they are taking it seriously with it happening. It helps move the movie along better, so you aren't getting caught up in any of these really heavy moments. Because, like, like when you start to think about it, you're like, 
man, all that stuff really did pile up really quickly on him. And, you know, you know, him having to deal with his brother and having to deal with, you know, being trapped on this planet, this planet where there's, you know, he's being made to fight to the death, you know, um, it, it's really just like a crazy amount of cr- just crazy things that are happening to him all back to back to back to back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so as as funny as it was, it still had a ton of serious moments to it, but also just, yeah, like what's what's actually going on in Thor's mind? And like he's getting beat by his sister, and I'll never I'll never forget. He's, you know, he's in the uh, he's back at by the cliffs of Moor, and you know, and his dad, he's like in the fields, and he falls on his knees, and Thor's mentioned something about like, you know, she broke his hammer, and he says, "Are you Thor?" God of hammers, <laughs> you know, and it just yeah. is just so empowering. Like yeah. he was empowering yes. his son. Yeah. Although I do have a uh, squabble with um, uh, Odin that he a- actually is a villain because he's such a bad dad. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, he, he really, yeah. he really you know is. If you break it down. He yeah. Really like is. if you really think about it, like Hela's got a really good point. <laughs> yeah. You know, she's she she's does. not she's not wrong in in that aspect. Like of it. he used her. To like get all this like power, power, yeah. and then banished her, and then cast her aside, yeah. and then just pretended to change. Yeah, Thor. Know? Thor pointed out that he is good at casting out. So mm, that's right. <laughs> uh, man, there's... can I just point something out real quick? Yeah, come uh, on. Okay, so you know when Thor is first getting introduced to the Grandmaster, uh, I caught on the yeah. rewatch that like the song that's playing in the background, the music that's playing in the oh, background yeah. is the Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. Yeah, which oh, I thought yeah. was I, it fit perfectly in that scene of like the chair moving uh, through. Yeah. Um, but I, but. I, I thought to myself, like, okay, so he's on this other planet. Like, is Willy Wonka music playing in the background of the scene, or is it just for us as the audience? Because I thought it would be really cool if it was just like it was actually everyone else was listening to it as well. But I, it's probably just for the audience. But I just thought it was really cool the way they did that. Yeah, yeah. and I just love um, what's what's the name of that of the of the planet that they're on? Uh, Sakar. Uh, Sakar. That's yeah. right. And you know, so here's the thing with Thor: The Dark World. You know, the villains are aliens and they look weird and they have no depth no personality no nothing you know and in this one like the villains weren't like super overpowered obviously but it was all goofy they were funny like sakar was just this planet of misfits you know and um oh gosh again there's just there's just a ton of funny moments um i think you know some of the people that have beef with this movie that like i don't know they they probably only saw it one time, and they're, they they forgot like yeah. how good it actually is, in my opinion. But um, I don't know, Shimada, you got anything else on Ragnarok? Um, the only thing that I would say is it's a it is the culmination of Thor's growth as a, as a character in a and lot the fact of ways. That he's not he's cool now. He's yes. not just a little. Yeah, he he just had to grow. Uh, like he grew so much. Like there was a lot of growth in the first Thor. You know, he grew out of that childish phase. Sure, but then he had to overcome all this stuff in the in Thor Ragnarok for him to really become this, um, become a fully rounded character, and it's kind of culminated by him allowing someone else to defeat the villain. I think it's an important idea of you know he understood he could not defeat Hela. Sure. And he, so, you know, if you think about Thor 1, there is no way that in the first Thor movie, um, Thor would have ever allowed someone else to defeat the villain. 
you know, he would have he, he would have rather have died yeah, trying trying yeah, to defeat good, the that's villain. That's a great point. That's a but great point. then allow someone else to defeat the villain for him when he lets Thur- Surtur come back and you know you know defeat Hela for him. Yeah. So like I, I just feel like that was a great way to wrap up his evolution as a character, for sure. Um, and uh, character. Speaking of characters, uh, Korg. Let's talk yes. about Korg for so, a minute here. Voiced by Taika Waititi yes, himself, the director of the film. I feel like okay. The introduction of Korg is really funny. Because, hey, 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 man, take it easy. Yeah, uh, Thor comes in the room or whatever, right? And he's like, "Don't worry, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna harm you unless you're unless you're scissors because uh, rock paper scissors." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. That's oh man, that's such a good that's a good way of introducing the character. Okay, we could literally talk about Korg. Like this, the the rest of the show. Here's the thing about Korg, and Taika voicing him, like Korg, and a lot of this movie because Taika Waititi is from New Zealand. It's it's a very like Kiwi culture kind of comedy. Yeah, like yeah. a lot of the humor. Like I've been to New Zealand twice, and the like the humor in this film. Like I just felt like I was back in New Zealand all over again. You know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I love Korg, man. When when Thor is talking about his hammer, and he's like, "You had a hammer." And he's like, well, the, I would, when I would spin it real fast, it would pull me off. And he interrupts right. and he said, the hammer pulled you off. Oh, my God. The hammer pulled you off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh gosh. gosh. So Korg is just, uh, I mean, a gem. So much so that, like, when you watch Endgame, which we're about to get to, and Korg pops up in it, I remember the theater Erupting. we were in. Yeah. People, people to my right, I heard someone say, that's Korg. That's Korg. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he's got like this cult following now. Yeah. So, uh, and well, yeah. It definitely wasn't people to your right because I was to your right and I didn't say that. But, well, no, uh, like people more to I the see right. You, I Here, see last you. quick thing about Ragnarok, we got to move on. Go back and watch it. Literally, the interactions between Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth, and um, Mark Ruffalo and Chris, Tom Hiddleston. Yes, yeah, Tom Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, there's so much improv in this movie. There's you a can, ton yeah, of improv. You can improv. see it for sure. Like there's several times where they just said, "You guys know these characters. Why don't you go just go say something?" Yeah. And like you could tell, like there's a couple times where you see like Valkyrie. She like is actually laughing at something, and she's like, you know, she like turns away from the camera. Like there's a couple times where it's really clear they're yeah. they're just so comfortable with their lines that they're just improving it, man. Which is which is beautiful theater. Beautiful theater. Yeah. So yes. okay. My- we need to uh, yeah, let's move on. Probably need to move on, huh? For time's sake. Yeah. Okay. Sadly, we're gonna move on, but we're gonna move on to an epic film. All right. How in the world do we talk about Endgame with the little bit of time we have left? Jeez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So no, the, forget the time. If you, you're gonna listeners gonna listen. We'll just just do it, man. Yeah, dude. Do a time heist. Start this podcast over so we have more time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Man. Okay. Endgame. I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you've seen it. If you haven't, I'd be shocked. Um, but man, I think I think of it like this. I remember someone on YouTube, like uh, comments, or maybe it was on Twitter or Reddit. I'm not sure, but they said, "When I get older, I'm going to make my kids yes. watch Infinity War, mm-hmm. and when they when they watch it, I'm going to make them wait an entire year." Before they watch Endgame, <laughs> yeah, it's it's only fair so they can know what we went through. Right. I'll just never forget how many times we were talking about what is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what is going to happen? Yeah. Um. So let's so, go ahead and talk about what we loved about Endgame. Well, okay. So the one thing, okay. So we saw Endgame opening night 
All right, and we went to the the, the biggest theater in our state. Okay, yeah, yep. and uh, it truly the opening night, the theater that we in, it was truly the most epic cinematic experience that I have ever had Hands down. in my life. It was it was it was pretty electric. Yeah, like so, just like beforehand, and as we were as you were watching it. And, you know, just everything about the experience was just... It was absolutely yes. insane. Like, I remember just, like, throughout the movie, like, the the chills I had just because the atmosphere was so yes. so pumped and so hyped. And the, the the way the fans reacted during certain scenes, like, yes. I feel like it amplified it so so much more. Yeah. Like, I, I truly, like, it's, it's a memory that I'll cherish, cherish for the rest of my life. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's dive in, man. Let's uh... yeah, so much so that honestly, like, and you never know, like maybe they do something to top it. But I'm honestly thinking, like, objectively, are we ever going to have a a similar experience like that? Like even even hard, Star but, Wars movies, like yeah. I never feel that way when yeah. I go to a yeah. Star Wars movie. You it's, know, it's hard to imagine because this is tw- the culmination of twenty two movies. Like this is ins- yeah, this man. Is, this has been building and building and building, and and it's... And, and then and then Thanos dies. Fifteen minutes in the freaking movie. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's just oh, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It completely turns oh like all our expectations on its head with that. Uh, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> like it's. I remember it says five years slowly later. I'm just like, what? Yeah. What is about to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Like just ridiculous. But I think I I really don't know if we'll ever reach anything like this again, just because of the fact that anything else we'll kind of expect. You know, I think that's one of the biggest things is. There was so much anticipation. There was so much what if. Mm-hmm. Like, how are they going to play all this out? How are they going to tie up all these storylines? How are they going to bring people back? Yeah. yeah. You know, having to wait an entire yeah. year. Especially the the how how Infinity War left us as yes. well. Like, when that so movie ended. Torn. Like, the, the title. The, the Yeah, the director came up and says it's directed by the Rooster. But, like, the it left us in, like, sheer, like, pain and suffering. Like, yeah. in shock and awe. Like, it was one of those, like... And now we have to wait a year, like type of thing. But yeah, because I mean, you know, like we we went into Infinity War and we we're like, you know what, we might lose people you are know, gonna die a yeah. character <laughs> or two, you know, that kind of thing. You know, is kind of how we went into it. But then you were like, everyone, <laughs> like not everyone, everyone, but it was like, well, I, I remember Justin, you and me talking. We were like, okay, of the big three, Iron Man, Cap, and Thor, two of them are dying. For yeah. Sure oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. Infinity yeah. War, and then instead of that, they kill off all like the, the new, new characters. people. Yeah. 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 So that I was like, what? Which God. you know, still one of the most heartbreaking scenes. You know, seeing Spider Man, Spider Man fade yeah, away. I know. But anyway, um, but yeah, <laughs> just the the culmination of it and the. You know the anticipation that that is what really built it up, and then they did such a good job in the movie, like you like you were saying with Thanos, of keeping you on your toes. Like they, it wasn't like in, in some way uh, you had been thinking about it for so long that it's hard to not kind of guess out what's going to happen. Sure, but you know, 15, 20 minutes of movie, you know, Thanos is dead, and yeah. then you're like. Okay, so I, no one expected that. There's no way that there's somebody out there who can tell me, "Oh yeah, I figured Thanos was going to die in the beginning. And the rest of the movie was going to be, yeah, something like." Something there's no would, way. No, uh, like, no. Yeah, so, I, I was shocked. Yeah, yeah. It, although I did call that the first scene was going to be Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah, we yes. did do that. I remember we were having we were having a wager of what the first scene yeah. was going to be, and it was and so then, gosh, it was so just. It was quiet. Yes. And you, all you do is you see the bow, and you're just like, oh, no, his family. Like, you just know yeah, what's about to happen. Everyone knew what was coming in. Yeah. Which was a great, uh, you know, just goes to really show a great way 
it, it did so many things in that scene without, you know, a whole lot of effort. You know, all you were reintroduced to Hawkeye. You were um, you were shown his family. You were all of a sudden you got his grief and of him losing his family and then all of a sudden without having to do anything crazy or a flashback or anything like that your mind even though you know you're going into it and you remember the snap all of a sudden you're in the universe and you're like spider-man's gone black panther's gone all these characters are gone Half of the universe is gone <laughs> him losing your family reminds you that you lost his, his your family. comic book family. Yeah. Like you lost such a large part of it that it it hit you, and it would it it is so easy and so effortless effortlessly in that scene, and like there was so little work, but it accomplished so much. Well said. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I feel like just the the feelings that the movie gave you through, yes. throughout it was definitely yeah. a roller coaster you had ups and downs and and i mean a lot of gut punches for sure yes uh, especially the when they did the pairings for the infinity stones and you knew that nat and uh hawkeye were going to <laughs> yeah uh, for to get the soul stone like i mean yeah. we just you just knew this is not gonna end well uh but i, I mean that definitely was one of the key scenes that i feel uh attached to but <laughs> Yes. Overall, like their their concept of time travel, I feel like they put a lot of work into um, making sure that it made sense. There was continuity there. Um, yeah, so I much mean, so that they they had like characters in the movie argue about it. Right. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Which I felt was, was great. Super right. important to like they were playing with it, mm-hmm. but they were also kind of telling you while they were playing with it that time travel is weird and complicated. And even Hulk brings it up. Either all of it is all, either all of it's a joke, or none of it's a joke. Time yeah. travel, yeah. yeah. So like, I, I think they're kind of subliminally telling you, yeah. hey, time travel is weird. Things are gonna happen, and kind of like, there's coaxing, not always gonna be an explanation yes, for it. Yes, yeah. it's not always gonna be this simple A to B yeah. um, explanation. You know that kind of stuff. So they were kind of playing with that a lot, and. You know, it was, mm-hmm. they were really good at those subtle things. Of they were saying one thing, but they were also telling you these three or yeah. four other things that are connected. And to I find it, it well. great that they have a huge explanation scene while they're all like testing the suit and getting it on. But then they have they they're able to in a new way explain it when Hulk and uh, the Ancient One are, are on top of the rooftop, and yeah. Like, oh, yeah, they yeah. have a better way of like kind of detailing it out and showing you. And uh, I don't know, I, I just really felt that it helped like build. Like the 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 largeness of what's what's about to happen, yeah. Yeah. the intensity of like if they fail, like this is a serious like ordeal. So, yeah. and I think too, just you know, again, we can't talk about every element of this film because you know we don't have enough time. But just what it did for the fans, yes, like, yes, like the anticipation we had. We already talked about that. Seeing it in theaters and just that night, I just remember that night being. Just so amazing. I, I actually literally used a vacation day for that entire day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. was, well, we all did, I think. We maybe. all did, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they wrote that. Like, the writers wrote it, and the directors, you know, created it in a way that was really like a three-hour love letter to all the fans that have been yeah. watching Committed, all yeah. of the movies for over a decade. Yeah, yeah it's true. You know? Um, 
Like that's that's what it, that's what it was. It, it felt like a love letter, and the you know they went back in time, and I just never forget like in this like when they first went back in time, and you just see 2012 pop up, and it's literally like clips from the first Avengers, yes. and just you remember the roar in our yeah. crowd in our yeah. audience. Yeah, fans. It was such nuts. a. It was it was almost like a clip show from like a TV series, except they act, it was not as lazy as a clip show usually is. Because usually a clip show is a way to save money in a TV series. But this was them interacting with these moments. These huge moments in the universe yeah. Yeah. that were happening. <laughs> and, you know, playing with these things. And you got to remember when these things were yeah. happening. You see Fat Thor and Rocket, like, sneaking behind oh, people in, yeah. in Asgard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, or, like, you know, <laughs> you know, new ca- like current Cap and Ant-Man, you know... Or no, wait, I'm sorry. It was it was Tony and Tony and Ant Man staring <laughs> yeah. staring at the conversation that they're having in Star Tower, um, you know. And it's just these interesting moments of you know, oh, this is what this was happening. You know, different things that had happened um, yeah. throughout. And once again, it was a it was a way of paying off to the fans that had been there the whole way. Like you, you got to see this one angle, but now you get to seeing this other angle. Yeah. But because you saw the other one, you're like, oh, here, now here, I know. Here's the question. Here's the question. Do you guys know a single person who is like a Marvel fan? And they don't even have to be as like, we are Marvel junkies, right? Uh-huh. But do you know a single person that's like a Marvel fan and said, I didn't like Endgame? No, no, I mean, no, no. I of course know. not. Like that's, or or even was like, yeah, Endgame, it was okay. No, nah, I haven't heard that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good Cause, point. Because no. even if like the structure of the actual, if you want to be really technical, and you know this, you know the the movie itself wasn't the best cinematic movie. It's like who who freaking cares? It literally had everything. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, the like, last fight scene, man. It, was was there anything missed? The only the only thing I've heard one person say. On another podcast that I that I think I agree with, the only thing it felt like it was missing was Hulk never had one of his, his moments. His moment, yeah. Like yeah. He, he did the snap, and mm-hmm. of course you can argue that was a big, big moment. But he never hulked out. He never hulked out. Yeah, I know. You yeah. know, like, that was my one. Like I know, I remember coming out of the theater and we were all talking about it. Like, oh man, it was amazing. And I, and I I did bring up. I was like, but I never. We had never got to see Hulk get his revenge for getting his rear handed to him by Thanos. Like, or I, the fact that Natasha is dead. Yeah. Oh man! Right, like yeah. Yeah. he throws a bench across the lake. But, yeah, so that was the one thing. But literally, like you, you got to go out of a three-hour movie. That's the one thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So th- that alone, just talking about the overwhelming, just I mean, you know, it's the highest-grossing movie of all time. Right. Yeah. Right? So I mean, it. Oh, gosh, how many times did you guys see it in theaters? I saw it five times in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I don't uh, think I did that many. <laughs> Yeah. I, I didn't see it that many. Uh, the only reason is that I don't see it that many is finances. Uh, yes, finances, <laughs> totally. and I gotta try to be fiscally responsible every once in a while. Totally understand. Um, but yeah, I'm not gonna lie though that that final fight scene when you start seeing like I still even like if I'm watching a top ten video or if I'm watching a YouTube clip, I get yeah a chills. Yeah, I like know. everybody's showing up. It's right now just me like. Seeing it in my head, yeah, like I literally just got a chill, just like seeing that scene of all of a sudden, the you know, Black scene. Panther yeah. showing up and just, yeah. yeah, the music is amazing, yeah, the score of the film, and then also, man, just I mean, let's when Cat picked, dude, when Cat picked up the hammer, mm. wow, yeah, when, like when he called out to the hammer, yeah. right. 
I, I literally s- stood up. No, we <laughs> yes, we stood up. We stood <laughs> up in the theater. I was so fired up, man. But I could keep not in mind, it. like I mean, we stood up and cheered, but the entirety of the theater just erupted. Yeah. Like yeah. one of the most the, the loudest eruption that I've ever been. Felt like, like you were at a sporting event. Yeah, it really did. Yeah. It felt like a, a sporting event, a, a, a big sporting event, like a like a championship game. Type yeah. Of yeah. yeah, yeah, and, and it's just so great because it was lots of times in movies. There's the people there that don't understand what's happening. Like they don't understand the weight. Yeah. Of what's happening. Yeah, I don't think um, I saw one person like check their phone. Like, cause you know, like, we sat in the back row and like, yeah. you can usually see like a, a text here, a text there. I, yeah. I don't believe I saw a single person lift up their phone. Like, yeah. And like, all. but just like in moments like that, like everyone, the energy, people understand how big that moment is and how they had foreshadowed it all the way back, you know, in, in age of Ultron, you know, with the scene where they're like, you know, trying to, trying pick, to pick it, it up, up. And then there's yeah. a, just that second where it's like, yeah, it tweaks a little bit. Maybe. Yeah. But then it's like, you know, that, that paying off that you remembered that 10 movies ago, you know, however it was, that there was this little <laughs> scene that that happened and now it's actually happening. Yep. You know, just epic. It's so good, man. Um, and the fact that there's a fat Thor who's struggling with depression. Yes. You know? Yeah. Who who would have thought that that was going to be like a good <laughs> I, idea? I love like, that. Imagine love pitching that. that in the meeting room for yeah. the movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we're going to do this. Thor's going to be in a depression. He's going to be overweight and like like <laughs> the fat when, when before in the other two movies he has he literally has shirtless scenes like as like a crowd grabbers like yeah for, right. yeah. for the women out there. Uh, shout yeah. out to uh, all the ladies who like Thor like that. Um, but <laughs> but seriously though, the the fat Thor yeah. Yeah. and. Uh, like uh, my wife, she she was not a huge fan of the Thor movies at all, and she said, yeah. "Oh yeah, he's kind of cool, like lame or whatever, right?" But she said that the Fat Thor was her favorite part of like the like the entirety of everything, like of MCU period. It's like yeah, her, wow, her Fat Jeez, Thor. Yeah, and, well, yeah, and like this, him being able to see his mother one last time. Oh, oh see, like, yeah, the stuff with Thor's mom and Tony's dad. Yeah. Good scene. night. Good night. Yeah. So the, my, my last thought on on Endgame here. Okay. Okay. So I think what makes Endgame so good is the the follow through that MCU has. Okay. The overall yeah uh, culmination of a decade worth of movies. Uh, the the follow through is just so incredible, and it truly feels. And I'm going to quote Thanos here. It truly feels like destiny fulfilled. Like it yeah. really it lived up to the hype and even exceeded it in my in my eyes. Yeah. It was very much. To the point of where it was set up to make you feel good about the 10 years you've invested. You know, it's like the payoff. Been, yes, yeah. the payoff. The payoff sure. was, you know, all the time, all the time you spent thinking about it, all the money that you spent on these movies. It was a perfect way from the pay, for them to kind of say thank you for being a fan, thank you for paying attention to what we were doing, you know, so a gr- it was just, you know, just a great way to cap a phenomenal phase, phenomenal three phases of saga. the MCU. Saga, yes. Infinity yeah. Saga, yes. it's a whole saga. Yeah. saga. So. Infinity Saga, yes. It's amazing, it really was, so... Well, we should probably start wrapping up. Uh, one more time, this was the our top three MCU movies, and why. The All definitive right? top three. The definitive top three. Yep. <laughs> um... Yeah, man. Gosh, I want to go watch all of them right now. Um, gosh, actually, do you guys just want to stay here all night and watch all three of these? <laughs> right now. Let's go. Let's roll. <laughs> Sleepover. <laughs> um, 
Now, uh, yeah, maybe we'll do another podcast on the worst MCU movies. You know, we'll get gut level honest as well. Um, oh, I can be honest about a few of those, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, but we do want to thank you guys for listening. And, you know, seriously, you know, we, we, we love doing stuff like this. Um, quick shout out. We are going to be doing some reviews for the final episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., their entire series. It's coming to an end. Uh, there is a review for this past episode, episode 11, up right now. And also, um, it's only a week away. Uh, we're going to be doing a review for the se- series, the season and series finale. Okay, so please check that out. Do um, you guys got any recommendations for anything before we get out of here? Uh, I'm good at the moment. Okay. All right, so uh, Netflix just dropped uh, season four of Seven Deadly Sins. It's a really good anime mm. that okay. I, rec- I recommend uh, viewers out there to watch. Uh, obviously, it did a first run in Japan where you could have like bootlegged it off the internet, but it finally uh, on Netflix is uh, dropped and uh, really good action scenes, really good storytelling, and they do. Uh, it's like a, a team up of uh, the the seven deadly sins. So you name the sins, and they're they're the characters there. And uh, they're huh. it's it's a really 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 good anime, and I I recommend it highly out there. Okay, check it out, check it out, and also uh, check us out on Twitter. Follow us at Royal Geek Pod, um, and uh, you know subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Let us know what you think. Please leave us a review. Or email us. You can see our email as well. What is it? Uh, Royal Geek Podcast at Gmail. gmail.com. That's right. Gmail, baby. Uh, but let us know what you think. We uh, would love some feedback from you. Uh, I think that's about it. So for my good friends, Sandy and Shimato, this is T-Roll saying thank you for listening to the Royal Geek Podcast. We will see you next time, you peasants. Peasants. <laughs> <laughs>